though the Florida Panthers are down, the mindset of the team is not a catastrophe. On this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to be bringing in Francisco Aporta of Litterbox Cats and Florida Panthers historian to talk about the themes going into game two as the Florida Panthers look to tie up the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's do this. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Thursday, May 19th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also follow the national show Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Well, Florida Panther fans, like we said at the top of the show, that sure, this team is down 0-1. We've seen it before with their series against the Washington Capitals, although this is a much tougher test for this Florida Panthers team going into game two. It's a two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, but the team's not freaking out. The Andrew Burnett talks about how this is not a catastrophe when it comes to this Florida Panthers team and the position they're in right now. Of course, we all know the issues of them not still not having a power play goal. And of course, uh, it being a consistent theme from last season but you know it's a fresh start it's a fresh game going into game two and one order of business of at a time for the florida panthers is just protect home ice in game two but it but let me bring in my guest on the show uh is a recent guest of the locked on florida panthers podcast you've heard his voice before he is of litter box cats and florida panthers historian francisco aporta francisco how are you doing today man I'm all right. I'm all right, Armando. I'm just, uh, you know, everybody's recovering from yesterday. But at the very least, the team's in high spirits. And they've been here before. And we've been here before as a fan base uh, last round. But uh, I I guess there's not as much panic that's been hit. But there's still panic. Of course, it's the Panthers fan base. So there's always going to be panic <laughs> until we actually uh, actually win the damn thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And... Not going to lie, I woke up a little bit annoyed uh, this morning about just everything that happened in game one. And, of course, I wanted to keep the same energy that I had, even from when the Florida Panthers were winning, and talk about, like, checking in with people about how they're feeling and just not feeling that, not gloating when things get high, but also when things get low, like right now, the Florida Panthers are right now in, in a low but of course roller coaster ride these are the ups and downs of the of the postseason and i want to give a little perspective about where the florida panthers stand and talking about a little bit about how the of the quest for the three-peat for the tampa bay lightning on the other side and when the pittsburgh penguins in 2018 
when they were on their quest for their three-peat, game one in their second-round series against the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins won game one. They didn't win that series. Right. So, it, it and, and that was for Pittsburgh on the road in Washington as well. And I'm sure the Capitals fan base was thinking, oh, this isn't a team that that they can't get over the hump with, that Sidney Crosby's always going to have Alex Ovechkin's number, and look what happened. Another perspective. The Boston Bruins in 2011, they start 0 for 30 on the power play. They win the Stanley Cup. And guess who scored that first power play goal for uh, the Boston Bruins, uh, Francisco? Take a guess. I mean, Patrice Bergeron uh, or Brad Marchand? Sheesh, uh, Milan Lucic? I'm not sure. Zdeno Chara. Zdeno. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yep, yep. Nor- Norris Trophy winner, uh, Zdeno Chara. So with, with, with that, that's kind of how I approach a game like tomorrow where where the power play for the Panthers is, you know, right now, not not in a good spot being 0 for 21. And also the two-time defendly Stanley Cup champions coming in. What What's kind of your mindset going into tomorrow? I mean, it's more or less, it's a rivalry game still. So all of those feelings, but like any good rivalry, there's going to be some back and forth. So I feel like the Panthers are going to, push back finally and and the same thing happened last year with the series last year i mean that that series could have gone to seven uh the way it was played but i think they're a lot more comfortable than they were um let's say last week when they were down two to one to or they lost game one to washington and very much the same type of situation except here with higher stakes in the second round and it's their their own in-state slash division rival. But the things that I've been hearing from them uh, today uh, after the game as well, it kind of, they, they've, they're keeping a level head, which is probably the best thing to do right now uh, at the very least. And, and um, I'm not hearing as much of the things that I heard in the first round, which was the whole thing about the nerves and all that stuff. Like now it's, now they're in it. Now they're, they're, they're over that. Now it's just a matter of execution execution obviously talky so randomness falls into that getting lucky sometimes and just closing it out well i mean i I think they played well for at the very most two periods but then the third period just kind of things kind of got out of hand and that's something that they can clean up they've been able to clean up but it's also uh something that uh I saw from the lightning. I mean, one of the big things that I saw with that last third period was just how the lightning were able to keep things together uh, with a high powered offense, which is the same thing that they did against Toronto in game seven. Um, and, and that was a defensive clinic that they did uh, over there, but the Panthers took some bad penalties as well yes. and bad breaks. I mean, it looked like we, they finally netted that power play goal. And unfortunately, they hit the wrong net. <laughs> they hit the net behind the uh, the net that they were uh, going for. So, and yeah, you, you got to challenge that. And it was what it was. So, unfortunately, the monkey is still on their back. But I I, I still feel good. I, the series is definitely not lost, and I, I don't think it'll be as as daunting as far as 
going on the road because they don't have to go as far. It's just a matter of we need one at home. So just get it done. Lightning are banged up. Uh, they they're they're without a point now. So he's he's gone. I mean, we're without Marchman. He's not going to be there. Uh, the way things are going, but I think our chances are still good. Um, we played them well for two periods. It's just a matter of let's let's just finish it off the way that the Panthers always do, and uh, hopefully not in cardiac cats fashion. I'd like an actual comfortable victory uh, in the playoffs, <laughs> yes. but you know, please, mm-hmm. yeah. And you mentioned it. You mentioned it. Um, John Cooper said that Brandon Point will not play tomorrow. Uh, Mason Marchment is didn't rule him completely out, but it, there's a strong possibility that he is out. And t- um, a little bit about that third period that I didn't mention on yesterday's. I didn't mention this on yesterday's show at all about how dominant the Tampa Bay Lightning really were in the third period. They doubled their amount of shots on goal in the in the third period uh, alone, and that's yeah. and, and but that had to do more than just that. That had to do more of. They knew that they were getting in there. They knew that they were getting the Florida Panthers out of position, and then they were just off and running on that one. And the and of course we talk about the staying out of the box, and I I find it hard to believe that the Florida Panthers are going to allow fourteen power play shots again with a total yeah. of being down twelve minutes on a man advantage. Like I said, twenty percent of the game uh, yesterday. So when when I, I I I'm hoping, of course, that it's a lot of that it's a lot closer, and that we, we can see more of this even strength because they they said it in the post game presser. They said it this morning that they like what they can do on five on five. You li- you limit you eliminate even half of those power play shots, maybe even to a to seventy five percent, which is around like three or four. Then you're giving yourself a better chance to win. Uh, completely, I. I... It's very much just a matter of more disciplined hockey, right? Get get those, uh, keep those sticks out of people's faces, Gustav Forsting, please. And also just execution. It's special teams, special teams battles. The lightning will literally kill you on that. Well, not literally, but figuratively kill you on that. But it, uh, it, it also just a matter of doing that. Uh, like I said, I thought the first two periods they played well. Okay, you gave up a power play goal in the second period. I, I get that Corey Perry gets that shot in, sure, but fine. That's I'll take that going one to one into the third period at home. Had the third period gone, taken a, a couple or even half less penalties, like you said, and executing that one power play, I would assume one power play itself would probably have change the momentum of that third period and we might be looking at, at the pan maybe they go into overtime and we know how the panthers do in overtime yep so that's always the thing people would have you would have felt the energy in the building when they were in overtime it's like oh here we go here we go so that's because uh once again and i said this last time i was on and it was something bill Lindsay had always said that it's the panthers need to find ways to get teams to try and keep up with them. So they need to keep up that tempo more, not let the lightning determine the tempo of the game. And you mentioned it with how many shots the lightning got in that, in that third period, um, the lightning were dictating the tempo of the game and yeah, power plays are going to do that to you uh, uh, being on the penalty kill all that, all that time. But 
yeah, it was um, very much the lightnings period. And I, I still, it, it was nothing that looked egregious to me, to be honest. I didn't see as much of that uh, chickens with their heads cut off type of thing. And they're just flailing about. I felt like the Panthers just cleaned some things up a little bit. And there were good signs in that game. Look, Duke, Duke got a goal. Uh, yes. Anthony Declare was noticeably absent in the first round. In fact, he was literally absent because uh, he, he he didn't play uh, as well um, at, towards the end there. And then they they stick him back in the lineup, and he scores the opening goal. Mm -hmm. And that was really good to see. Uh, getting him going is going to get some things going uh, with the rest of the team. So um, as far as the power play, I, I mean – I've been looking. I'm sure you've checked out Panthers Twitter, and everybody's got their suggestions as to what they can do. It's like throw Patrick Hornquist back in there or something like that. You know, there's there's all kinds of line combos, and you know they did the five forwards thing uh, as well uh, last game, and it looked good. The second power play wasn't as bad as the first one, so I, I think that that was. Uh, they're getting there. They're they're this close. They are like they're right there. As soon as they 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 just they just need one legitimate power play goal, and I feel like that will be it. That it'll they'll be like, okay, we got it. Thank you. All right, and then they can move forward. So. Yeah, all about getting that monkey off their back for for the Panthers when it comes to the man advantage. But we're gonna we're gonna transition over to the next segment where we're gonna talk about the the path that the. Panthers are currently on and we're going to compare it to a team out West and, and their path that they're uh, currently on as well as uh, like Francisco said, we're going to talk about the sticks for the Panthers as well in the next segment of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. But first we're going to tell you all about built bar and that now built bar has brownie batter puffs and I love brownies, but you know what I love more brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puffs, you heard me right. This puff makes protein bars to a whole different level and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you tried the puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right, delicious flavored marshmallow covered 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 7 grams of sugar uh, brownie batter puffs, they're the most perfect pick-me-up any day. Go to booth.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Thursday, May 19th edition of the show. I'm Armando Velez. I got Francisco Aporta of Litterbox Cats and Florida Panthers historians. So, Francisco, I want to talk more about the path to, you know, Lord Stanley's Cup. And I think about after after recording yesterday, I, you know, I was still very wide awake. So I stayed up for the West Coast game, stayed up for Colorado, uh, St. Louis. And I, I saw a resurgence of uh, maybe maybe we saw a resurgence of Jordan Biddington after a few rough years after winning the Stanley Cup and keeps the St. Louis Blues in it, of course. And but of course, Colorado is, is man, they, they are they are a juggernaut and they right. They haven't even lost the game in this whole series. And we we talked about all about how at, at least 
the at least most of the national media for as far as the NHL. They talk about the path to in in the Western Conference is a lot easier, quote unquote, than the path to the East. Man, even 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 right now in this second round series against the the Tampa Bay Lightning, it really feels like there you're gonna be whoever makes it out of the East is gonna be battered and bruised. Right before recording here, it's one it was one nothing Rangers um, at the end of the second period, and those are the two defensively sound hockey teams in all of the National Hockey League, and all of it belongs in the East. So I think about Colorado's path right right where they're at, and I kind of see like Florida's path right now. And, of course, we talked about the 100 points uh, that every single team had and the teams that were determined even before, way before season's end. So, man, I, I think about if the Florida Panthers are to get out of uh, this, then we got to be feeling really good about – ourselves but of course order of business is to take care of home ice in game two yeah um i mean and i'm trying not to look too forward into the future because we got tampa in front of us right now correct um even though man uh, a series and, and look you got carolina and you got the bunch of jerks and all those guys there trochecks <laughs> on that team obviously you've got that narrative and then you got the new york rangers uh, Panarin chose New York over us, and you got Gerard Gallant there as well, which would be a huge storyline. Of course, the New York, South Florida thing as well, all, all the transplants down here, that would be fun to see. And, I mean, as far as the Avalanche, look, the Avalanche, th this is not their first rodeo, and mm. this is their hump that they're trying to get over, which is not winning the first round, or, or not winning the second round, actually, not getting to the... Western Western Conference Finals or anything like that. I think they've they've been eliminating like the second round. They haven't really made it this far. Mm. And I I've been sheesh, I, uh, I've been predicting like the Avs to win the Cup like the last two seasons as well. It, it could have been them instead of the Lightning in this position with back to back Stanley Cups. Really could have. They mm. they've had the pieces all this time, and now maybe this is like the actual year where they're they're going for it and they're they're really like you know what we're not playing this time we're absolutely not playing we're we're gonna just storm through the west and be as comfortable for whatever team we face in the east i mean the only the only thing that i mean as that could even throw colorado off the rails would be i mean maybe like an inspired Oilers team that comes out of that battle of Alberta or even the flames themselves coming out of the battle of Alberta, just that hardened, like that probably will go to seven games or something like that. And, and we're about to see what happens tonight and, uh, or, or just having them face off against say, look, you, you, you go on to the Western conference finals facing off against, uh, an inspired Connor McDavid and Leon dry saddle and, and, and that crew. Uh, because my assessment of the Oilers, especially in that game seven against LA, uh, Connor McDavid had that look in his eyes. Uh, mm -hmm. He's look, he's, he's been, he's, I think he's the best player in the NHL and he's been that best player. He's proven it in the regular season, but he, he needs to show it off in the postseason. And now I, I had, there was like this look in his eyes, like he's the captain of that team, but he was, he had that determination in his eyes. I, I compared it to 
on my own podcast, Sports Goose, got that plug in there right there. Uh, I compared it to LeBron James against the Boston Celtics in game six back in 2012. 45, 15, were, and five. Yeah, when the Heat were down three to uh three to uh two in the series and he had that like that look that stare just like and i was like oh my god mcdavid has that that same stare right now and i'm like oh that's gonna be scary whoever faces the oilers right now uh that's that's also very scary but uh i I don't think the avs are going to come out of the west like comfortably because it's such a juggernaut but like i said we've seen this before and they can be thrown off. It, it just one thing goes wrong. Maybe I'm not sure their goaltender doesn't play up to snuff. Who knows? But they're as they're as good as anybody, and they're definitely handling it better than the Panthers are uh, at the top in the East. But the East is better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to outright say it. The East is just better. Every team is just better. You look at the Final Four in the East right now. I I mean any one of them. Can come out and you'd be like and you wouldn't really be scorned for it oh i picked the lightning to come out of these okay i picked the rangers come out of these all right fine the hurricanes okay and now are the cats uh, anybody from the outside looking in we're like oh yeah the the, the the east looks fantastic uh any one of those teams can can win the cup uh as far as the west i mean it's edmonton and calgary both of those teams need to prove themselves and they've kind of both been on that that kind of like teeter tottering, like, okay, is this the year for these guys? Are they actually going to do something? And the Avs are the same way. Um, and I think the Blues are just, uh, I guess they have that that championship window that they're still in, and they're just kind of rekindling the fire and see if they can go for another surprise run. So that's my assessment as to the teams that are left right now, as far as the West is concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a. It, it, nobody said this was going to be easy for the for the Panthers. We even preached that when they were down two to one against Washington. They had a meeting uh, after Game Three. Um, I don't think there's a meeting this early in the playoffs. Uh, in the, at least in this series for the Panthers, I don't think they're in that that mode at this moment in time for the Cats. But you talked about the fire in their eyes, and I'm just one. Let's relate that to. The Panthers. Um, when you were talking about McDavid, let's talk about that with the Panthers. Uh, there, there are times where I've seen Jonathan Huberto kind of uh, with that fire in his eye too. Huberto has that fire. He's got that look. Uh, game, game three in Washington, he was mad. Like, of course, he took that that penalty towards the end of that game, and he, and he was kind of like, oh, I shouldn't have taken that. But Huberto this season, especially, uh, really isn't taking no guff from nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's something and even Barkov himself but Barkov is more of a gentle giant in that sense I, I can't imagine him having the LeBron stare uh, but if he ever does then just look that's out because he's about to go super saiyan supersonic on people and and just get out of his way and if we do see that Barkov maybe maybe we will see that sometime if it happens anywhere, it might happen in this series where he might have to take over a game, which I don't think we've really, really seen for Barkley. We've seen it in the regular season at times, but to do that in the postseason would really cement something. I mean, he's, I mean, just another legend in, in Panthers history. There isn't much. There aren't, there aren't many legends. We celebrated Bill Lindsay's birthday yesterday, and we're still celebrating that that 
uh, game five goal against Boston 26 years later. And, uh, well, these guys, have, I mean, this is it. They, they have their shot. And, look, even back in well, – you were talking about comparing to teams. Look, that 96 team, uh, very different makeup of a team, but also a bunch of guys that were unproven and uh, maybe a few guys that were picked off, like Brian Scrooge had some had, had uh, cups in their past and stuff, but most of those guys were brand new and all that stuff, had to prove themselves and how to out, outwork teams. And uh, facing off against the Flyers who in the second round, who were, I mean, gosh, yeah, beating Boston, sure, but the Flyers, the Panthers were never expected to beat them. And then the Penguins, especially that that '96 Penguins scenes, who probably should have won the Cup that season, or mm-hmm. would have taken would have taken the Avs or the Red Wings, whoever uh, came out of the West to seven games, probably. Uh, to do that, I mean, there's some inspiration there in the past, and in this team, it's just as big of, of a mountain, I think, um, with the Lightning, back-to-back champs trying to make it a dynasty. So mm-hmm. that's um, yeah, yeah. Um... When, even though I was three years old when the '96 uh, season happened, I could only imagine when that Pittsburgh Penguins team got eliminated in seven games uh, versus the Florida Panthers. That that was that was a home game for Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, if I um, yeah yeah game yeah, yeah so, they they were the number one team in the East. They yeah. had an absolutely legendary scene, a team and season. Ron Francis, uh, Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they had a big three. They had a big three. Yeah, and lost. and we talk about the scoring with the Florida Panthers in their regular season. That's compared a lot to that Pittsburgh Penguins team from from 1996, and I can only imagine the disappointment that they were feeling then. We're yeah. we're hoping that we're not dealing with any disappointment here on our side with the with the with where the Florida Panthers are at, and it, and it just comes down to a few things. And we're actually going to discuss that on the other side of the break. We're we're, we're going to talk about more about what they said in the press conference we're also going to have uh talk about uh some disciplinary action for a florida panthers player heading into game two but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info find all the latest odds news and sports development including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl future BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Thursday, May 19th edition of the show. I'm Armando Velez. I got Francisco Aporta of Litterbox Cats and Florida Panthers historian. So, I, I think about I, I think about a few things when it comes to I I I, I watched a little bit of the condensed game again um, this morning, and I talk I looked a little bit about even before the Florida Panthers were committing uh, some of their penalties. I saw a little bit of active sticks uh, for of course for the Panthers, and of course that's not for lack. That's not for a lack of effort for the Panthers of committing their penalty when it comes to committing their penalties. Just everything. I I think I counted like five times that the Florida Panthers in their press conference talked about the sticks, the sticks, the sticks. When it comes to the tripping penalties that Mackenzie Weger took early, the holding, 
And even if the Tampa Bay Lightning force a high stick onto them, the Florida Panthers still have their sticks right there for them to draw for the the Tampa Bay Lightning to draw a penalty. So like Andrew Burnett talked about them being putting themselves in a good position so that they can help draw themselves a penalty. It's not necessarily flopping for the official, but of course you got to try to sell a call here and there for, for the Panthers. And of course, I'm not going to blame John Cooper on the other side when it comes to be putting yourself in a good position to for the opposition to have uh, their sticks in the wrong places. So that was that that was that was a a word another word that was used very often in the press conference about the sticks. So just when when it comes to that, just I'm I'm sure we're going to have a better uh, positioning of sticks when it comes to game two. Yeah, it's um, and look, the Panthers kind of uh, kind of playing their heels a lot of the time in that third period, um, which uh, they will once more clean up. I think it's uh, and they obviously know what the problem is, which is which is good, and they'll they'll address it. Um, and they 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 actually talked about it. So uh, I, once more, I think the discipline will be a lot better as far as embellishment. I mean. I mean, remember uh, last series, uh, we got an embellishment call uh, that was just like, really? On uh, on Lomberg, I think, yeah. And, um, For Toronto. Oh, yes. Um, and so it was just like... Game one. Yeah, I'm like, what, what's going on? Um, so uh, I, I think the... Uh, I don't want the team to kind of be selling, so, but they do have to... They, they need to toe that line, all right? They, they need to get a little bit of... Uh, little Chris Paul in themselves and, you know, just a, just a little bit, a tiny bit, not, not like the Suns who, who themselves got eliminated. Number one team in the NBA got eliminated in the second round. We don't want that same thing to happen in the NHL now because uh, the cats are number one, but um, I, you know, I, I really just, I, I think that it's not really something that the team should be actively concerned about with regards to, but, once more when they're moving their feet and they're they're speeding past guys and they're forcing tampa bay to uh, make some lunges get some sticks in the wrong area and boom oh a slashing call boom oh, a hooking penalty and it'll it'll go from there it'll go from there now sure we can try and get penalties we got three last game but once more they're over on the power play so Sure. What happens once you get the call? That's the big issue. And just, I, I mean, even if they get, let's say, the same amount next game, three power plays, they got to capitalize on at least one of them because they get on one of them. And if it's at the right moment in the game, let's say third period, game's tied 2-2 or something like that, and it's 3-2 to two with five minutes left in the game, and then... Boom, Bob shuts the door, and hey, we're headed to Tampa 1-1. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's always the the thing. It's just executing on the power plays because it doesn't matter uh regards with like the refs and the calls. Look, I, I think the refs were at least more fair in this first game than the ones that we got in the uh capital series, but that's my own opinion. However, um the, the discipline will be a lot better. I think they'll they'll be aware of what they're doing. It's just a matter of uh, if they are getting better at that, hopefully the, they don't get goaded into penalties out of anger 
or retribution against Tampa, because that's always the other danger, which uh, happened with the Capitals and also happened last year between them and the Lightning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a good segue. That's a good segue to talk about uh, lack of composure that we talked about in in that I talked about in yesterday's episode, talking about Ben Sherratt, even though that uh, became a four on four for the Panthers and Lightning. Uh, the NHL um, Department of Player Safety did issue a five thousand dollar fine for Ben Sherratt, and honestly, considering everything, that is the best case scenario for for the Panthers and Ben Sherratt. Yeah, let's uh, set up a GoFundMe. I'll pay it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the fans will contribute, and we'll we'll get that out of the way. Yeah. So uh, the 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 broadcast described it more as a head bump instead of a butt because I I, I tried looking up uh, Darnell Nurse's uh, head butt again, and it, it was nowhere near. But of course, yeah, not as serious. Yeah, not as serious. But at the time, at the time, my adrenaline was still going after the game with the loss recording like 30, 45 minutes after and just being like so annoyed with that. It's like, you know what happened? It's just anticipated, just like kind of like fearing the worst from the department player safety because you never know what they're going to rule. You never yeah. know if they're going to say um, whether like TJ Oshi um, on, on, um, on that hit uh, against Sam Bennett um in uh round one so they they go they go that direction it's like you never know where they're gonna go with Sherat there but this is the best case scenario with the 5k fine <laughs> yeah no i and i'm reading the comments there but uh, no we'll, we'll all contribute to the five thousand dollars don't worry heck uh our, our the, the ticket prices will help with that but yeah no it's uh it's the best case scenario we're, we're not down one less defenseman that's good and yeah, I mean, just something ticky tacky. If and we'll pro- we'll forget about it. I'm sure, it's not going to be anything that memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, th- those are just the little itty bitty things about uh, about being out of position and just uh, and just like taking a a penalty that you're not supposed to. I mean, it it, it again, once again, it became a no harm no foul situation for for it being a, a four on four. And like like we talked about earlier. You limit those 14 power play shots to even a quarter, you give yourself a better chance to win. And that's what that's and Jacob, Jacob described this best on yesterday's episode. When you're down a man as well, you're not getting ice time for the people who aren't on your PK and power play units, neither. They're not getting into the groove of the game. They're not getting the offensive ge- generated. The and and it, it kind of throws the Panthers out of their rhythm as well that they have to kind of They're playing on their heels the entire time. Exactly. And and thinking, oh, we've had six penalties call on us. Let me not they, they it could it could creep into their minds saying, let me not do the wrong thing instead of trying to just do the right thing, if that statement makes any sense. So that's what I think of it as. I think the the I guess the sh- the positive about this is Bob has still remained really good. So yes. that's that's the other thing. We always have to remember that he's uh, he's helped because, I mean, these games could have been a lot worse Absolutely. Uh, without Bob playing the way he's been, playing the way that, hey, this looks like a guy who's won business trophies before. Hey, all right, this is this is a $10 million man now. Here we go. Uh, $10 million a year. Here we go. And... Uh, I, I think um, that's always a positive 
and, and everybody's noticed it for sure. He played toe to toe with with Vasilevsky, and uh, the Panthers once more there they can feel a little bit comfortable with making some mistakes because Bob has been there to completely uh, negate a lot of that. Now, of course, you can't like this far in can't completely depend on you. They need to figure out the other stuff, but uh, work out um, a better discipline. Okay. You'll be less time on special teams as far as the, the, the penalty kill once. And like you said, uh, like Jacob said, get into the groove of the thing, get the offense going, get that, that, that high octane speed going and everything like that. Uh, Chris passes here and there and execute, execute. And I think there's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of tentativeness when uh, they're, especially when they're on the power play, where they're, they're, they might maybe an extra pass too much or just not getting the best or, or the right opportune thing. I think it's just a matter of just let it fly. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. But no, Bob that, has been fantastic. Yeah, we're not we're 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 talking more about players that are not named Sergey Robrovsky that have mm-hmm. haven't had a good playoff series like the like Mackenzie Weger, of course, of taking those two penalties. And of course, we're, uh, I, 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 I'm trying not to throw him under the bus. But man, when I, I saw that first penalty, I'm like, come on, man. Let's go, come yeah. On. <laughs> Didn't you read the tweets? Yeah. <laughs> it's best All of Panthers Twitter it. is not happy right now. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm and, and I'm sure Mackenzie Weger and uh, Andrew Burnett are definitely talk about after the game about how he needs to be better as well. And I'm and I'm hoping for a better uh, game two out of Mackenzie Weir. And hey, Andrew Burnett did the team a favor by mixing in those lines so that he complements his game definitely with someone like Gus Forsling. And you have those yeah. bigger bodies of Aaron Ekblad and Ben Schrott together, whose pace are very similar versus uh, a Weger and a and a Forsling, with, where Forsling's more of a play driver as well for, mm-hmm. for, for the Cats. So Francisco, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It's a must win tomorrow. And we're hoping that by the time, by the time a few weeks comes around that we have you on again, uh, doing a podcast related to more wins. Uh, But for everybody to find your work online, let them know where they can find you. Okay. So you can look for my Panthers history stuff. Uh, I'm at, at FLA Cats History on Twitter. I also am FLA Panthers History on Instagram. And I started up a TikTok and I got to figure that thing out as well. And of course, you want to hear my my stupidness with my friends. And one of them happens to be a Lightning fan. So we're going at it. Uh, you can check out our own podcast at uh, sports underscore goose on Twitter. Or you can look for it on podcast apps, whichever one you want to choose because we're on everything. And yeah, yeah. And of course, Litterbox Cats, we have uh, previews and recaps of the games as well. And you can check out Todd, who does a great job for us there. No doubt. Follow everything that uh, Francisco and Todd uh, do over there. They do a great job. It's literally every single game, pre, post, um, open forums, you name it, over there at Litterbox Cats. So thank you once again, uh, Francisco, and hope to have you back on soon. All right. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe. 
to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every day, Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Francisco Aporta. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day.